Welcome, my name is Yaro and you're listening to the Daydreaming Wolves podcast. So I've changed my name and I wanted to record a new intro to let you all know. Um, I can tell you a whole long story about it, but I think the short version is that I was just feeling like making a new start and taking on a new name that feels better and more authentic to me. So yeah, thank you so much for being with me through that change. I also wanted to send a really big thank you to all of you. The podcast has grown massively this year and it's been really beautiful to have so many new listeners um, on the show. So thank you so much for sharing and loving it and for for listening, really. Yeah, I'm recording this on the 30th of January in 2018. So the blue moon is coming up tomorrow and it's also an eclipse, which I'm incredibly excited about. And so this episode is a really special one um, in which I had the incredible honor of having my friend Vanessa Sage on the show to talk about reading the tarot for ourselves and for other people and really working with the cards intuitively. So yeah, that's my special treat. Um, I really hope you like it and that you get something out of it. And I hope that wherever you are um, in life, in the world, in your body, that you're feeling the magic of the moon, blue moon coming up tomorrow and that you're well and happy and supported. Um, one last little plug, um, you might have already heard about it, I'm running a Patreon now which is supporting the show and it's running costs and it's a really beautiful platform, I'm so into it and I've reached uh, my first goal of having 20 Patreons, um, which again I'm really grateful for. And it also means that I'm starting to run free webinars. So um, yeah, the exchange idea is that you can pledge $3 or more and you will receive a monthly ritual kit. Um, the one for February that's going out in the next couple of days is all about self-romance. So I'm sharing tarot spreads and little spells and um, some rituals that you can do for yourself and some herbal recipes as well really really love this work and I really love sharing it and I wanted to create like a low-cost long-term way of creating a beautiful container for that um yeah if you want to pledge more you can also receive um, monthly readings from me which can be a really beautiful way of taking care of yourself so check that out and patreon.com slash sarah magdalena love and now finally on today's show bye Hey everyone, I have the special honor to have my friend Vanessa Sage on the show for the second time today and I will, yeah, I will point all of you back to episode number nine if you haven't listened to that yet. Vanessa is an amazing teacher and we shared a lot about her backstory in that episode so this is really juicy as well but today we're recording this um, episode for the incredible fantastic and magical blue moon that's coming up and we would love to talk to you about tarot magic how we got into the tarot how we're choosing decks how we're approaching the cards um, all these kinds of really beautiful things and yeah I really hope you get a lot out of it and so just to tell you briefly how I met Vanessa um, mainly by magic <laughs> that's what I would say <laughs> we met on Instagram initially and about two years ago I joined her priestess program I've been studying with her since which has been a really really beautiful experience and there's been a lot of synchronicity in that 
uh, some of which I'm not ready to tell you about, but it's really exciting that I will tell you about in future episodes um, because I'm renaming myself and Vanessa kind of guessed my name before I told her, which was really cool. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so there's been a lot of beauty and magic. I really love being part of her communities. I feel really inspired by her approach and what she shares. She's a brilliant writer. And so I am just happy to have her on the show again. And I will hand it over to her now so she can uh, more officially introduce herself. Oh, I'm just so happy to be here, Sarah. I, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's funny because I, um, I love that we met on Instagram. I have, because it's one of those connections that has been so meaningful to me for so many years. Um, so, you know, I just absolutely, um, adore you and I'm just, yeah, it's just, uh, it's, it's a wonderful thing to be here in conversation with you. Um, so I'm, uh, I have a PhD in anthropology, uh, cultural anthropology, uh, for the, for a big part of my career, I was an anthropologist of religion. And I also became really interested in um, everyday life and the sacred in everyday life. And that kind of became a dissertation on uh, art, an art scene uh, in the place that I was living. Um, and now, <laughs> although I have a feeling I've always been meant to do this and have probably always been doing it, um, I do lead a priestess program um and i read tarot and i'm just starting a tarot school and um i also help uh spiritual entrepreneurs and and coaching them yay yes you do so many things and i love how they tie uh, together that feels very authentic and and beautiful and i've really loved seeing your business unfold over the years as well yeah cool so I was thinking that maybe we could start this conversation a little bit by talking about how we found the decks that we currently really love and which decks particularly we really love and maybe we can also share some tips for people to find their own decks because that's a question that I get a lot and it's kind of a really good starting point I guess isn't it yeah so I mean my I met my first deck in 1990 <laughs> And I was 15 mm -hmm. and I met like a, you know, cooler, older high school, you know, in high school, right? And she was into tarot and I just thought that was so cool. And so she took me to this tarot shop. Um, and at that time, like the, the, I, I don't think the internet was really a thing at that point. And um, you couldn't buy your decks online or search and that kind of, that kind of stuff. At least it wasn't part of my life. And so I went into this shop and I just saw these decks and she, she told me I needed a Rider Waite. Mm -hmm. um, I don't really like the Rider Waite. <laughs> <laughs> so I picked the Hanson Roberts and it's this like medievalist, medieval kind of um, clone. And that was the deck that I used for a long time, years and years. So it was the deck I learned on. And I, I, I pretty much never really use it anymore, except for nostalgia's sake. Mm. Um, and, and then I kind of found Tarot of the Old Path, which was 
much, it was more, it was lighter. Um, it has a kind of Wiccan feel, but there's also a lot of plants in it and it has a white background and just really light and felt like a bit of a breath of fresh air. Um, and then my, so I was just talking about the early decks and then the, early, the other early deck was the Druid Craft Tarot. Um, that kind of real earthy feel uh, that felt like a coming home to me. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know, I, I am a deck collector, so I have a lot of decks. Mm -hmm. um, right now, my soul decks are the Gaian Tarot. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I just so appreciate the Gaian Tarot for the way in which, you know, it works with the elements. Um, it's diverse. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it it. Whenever I read with it, I know I just know, mm -hmm. like I know it so well, mm -hmm. and it also kind of brings the tarot into now into this life. So yeah. I love that. I love it for that. Um, you know, I'm just looking here. The two of Earth is. Um, I know we. I know you can't see this on the podcast, but it's um, a parent with two screaming mm -hmm. kids in a grocery store, mm -hmm. um, and that card is all about balance and finding balance in the chaos. And what a perfect depiction yeah. of that. Yeah. And my current deck crush is the Mesquite Tarot. Mm, yeah, I saw that. It's so soft. So soft. <laughs> so gentle. Um, the colors are soft. It's small. I like that it's, it's tiny too, because then I can do bigger spreads. Mm -hmm. um, because uh, sometimes space can limit you with spreads. And um, it just speaks to me. And it's very simple. So it brings the imagery down to the basics. Mm -hmm. And then in that simplicity, there's so much space that opens up. Yeah. Um, yeah, it feels like a very, very soothing, soothing mm. thing. I, I, yeah, I can't get enough of it at the moment. Mm. How about you? I don't, yeah, I'm really jealous of, is it called McCree? Um, Is that what it is? Mesquite. Wow, Mesquite, okay. Yeah, I'm yeah. a bit jealous. I, um, I wouldn't call myself a deck collector because I travel a lot. And so when people order readings from me, I let them choose the deck that, they want me to use and I simply cannot travel with that many so I kind of um I have four decks at the moment all of which I really love and then I have one oracle deck which is the vessel um by Mary Evans who's also been on a show and in terms of which I love I'm just looking at them over now which you can't <laughs> see but one that I'm really in love with is the Divina Tarot deck by Mary Evans because the cards are very small and like you said I find that really like really easy and practical and beautiful and I can create bigger spreads without kind of my desk feeling too cramped and also it's just black and white and sometimes when I feel kind of I don't want the intensity of a lot of color and lots of stuff going on it's a really simple and comforting deck to turn to I feel and I think there's real magic in that simplicity and I love the book as well and then also on a practical level, I really love decks that have a good box with them because I travel so much or because I love taking them to bed or like carrying them around. I usually always have one with me. And so the Divina is really great for that because it has this small sturdy box and the, the book goes into the box as well. So there's kind of not too much to take care of. And then I have the Fountain Tower, which I really love because 
it's just visually so stunning. I mean, the artwork is just out of this world. It's yes. incredible. It's incredible. Yes. And yes. I think that it was a really great deck for me to also really study the cards and learn a lot more because the descriptions in the book are so great and they offer keywords and I'm not, and we can talk about this a little bit more later. I really don't think that people need to learn all the meanings or like do the keyword thing necessarily, but the guidebook of the Fountain Tarot was really kind of giving me some words that I hadn't had before and that was really valuable. And then I had the Wild Unknown, which I really love for its like brightness and it feels really, really modern and quite light. Um, don't know a love and light only kind of deck. There's definitely shadow aspects and they feel really authentic and good and true. And I love this deck because it doesn't have humans in it. And sometimes I find that very helpful to just leave the human world behind for a moment and all the baggage that it brings and to just like connect with animals and plants feels really cool. And then finally, my, my latest addition is uh, the Next World Tower, which is just blowing my mind in so many ways. I mean, it, I, yeah, where do I even start? It's so beautiful. Um, I mean, the art is incredible. The writing is just blowing my mind. And I think it's really feeling, filling a gap that I was feeling because it um, touches on so many things I deeply care about politically. And also it just has so much diversity in it. So it's mainly queers of color, there's disabled people, there are sex workers, um, there's older people in it. And it also has these beautiful background drawings of of kind of you know scenes of the revolution which I find really encouraging and beautiful sorry I'm looking over the screen because I'm looking at the text um so and and that book I think is also really powerful for me to work with the only thing I find with this deck is the cards are incredibly huge they're way bigger than my hands and I didn't like the box very much so I now have it in a little um, drawstring bag and the book is separately and that's totally fine but it's not a deck I carry around with me because it's also just so precious to me um, it's sold out really quickly so I'm like looking after it like <laughs> you know it's very close to my hand this is definitely not a travel deck to me that's more what I uh, do with the Divina deck which comes in a sturdy box so yeah these are my decks at the moment I I don't think I want to add a lot. I want to keep it simple, but I'm very intrigued by the very soft one that you just shared about. I had seen that before and felt a bit jealous. <laughs> well, the book doesn't come in the box, but it has a little box and a little yeah. bag. It's like yeah. a good travel. Um, I'm waiting for my next world tarot. Um, mm. Yeah, it's, it's shipped. I'm just waiting. Okay, uh, yeah. yeah. May it come any day. <laughs> <laughs> Should we maybe also share what we would love for people to know who are thinking about buying the first deck and they're not really sure what to look for, what would you tell them? Um, I would tell them to choose a deck that, that speaks to them, mm -hmm. that they, when they see it, they, they feel warm inside or lit up or somehow like just um, like their heart is full. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, a lot of the advice is you need a writer or a writer weight smith because that's um, a way to learn. And it is absolutely a way to learn. Um, and so, I, but I think that that's a, that's something that happens later, you know. Um, I think one of the 
one of the things that I, I find somewhat disheartening is when people have this idea of easy and hard decks, like mm -hmm. there's advanced decks and then there's simpler decks. And I just don't think that that's true. I feel like Wild Unknown was known as a, as a, as a difficult deck mm -hmm. um, for a long time. And, you know, I think one of the things that that deck did was it brought tarot to a completely new generation and a bunch of people who never would have picked it up. That's a really good thing mm -hmm. because so because it spoke to people um, and you know you see that happening more and more and more so that's my that's my advice now if you want to learn like the meanings and things like that then yeah having having some kind of writer late Smith or clone is a is a good a good thing just mm -hmm. to, but um, but yeah, speak, really pick a deck that really speaks to you. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I would say, yeah, really choose one that speaks to you and that you feel is representing your life experience and your identity in some way. Yes. And of course it has to be visually pleasing. And I would also recommend that people check out the writing of the author and see if that resonates because that can be, especially if you're trying to work with the book and that's that's a main source of inspiration that you do want, then I think it's important that you resonate with the writing. And yeah, and then the size. I mean, this is not something I used to think was very important, but now that I have such extremely different sized decks, I feel like if I had just one, I'd really like to think about the size of cards that I want. That would be important to me, yeah. Yeah, I have one. I have one deck that is too big for me. I have mm. only one deck, and it's it makes me a little sad because it's just way too. Big. I don't know how to handle it, um, and it, I don't really want to trim it. So uh, I do trim a lot of decks, but I don't really want to trim this one. Although I suppose as I'm sitting here talking to you, I should probably just trim it so I can use it because it's not going to get used the way it is. Mm. Yeah. yeah. All right project for later <laughs> yes <That's true. laughs> cool. um, that we also talk a lot about both in the group and like when when you and I chat is this idea that you can make a tower reading like a simple three-cut reading into like a whole ceremony and ritual for yourself and I really love that idea and at the same time something we also talk about a lot is that really you can come to the cards anytime like they're so open to be used in any situation and I um I, I used to be definitely the kind of person who thought like my room should definitely be tidy before I get the cards out and I should probably brush my hair and like have a really clear question <laughs> and like you know like because you want to respect the divine and the, the messages that are coming through and stuff and I but there's just so many ways of doing that. And I now feel much more strongly that it, what matters is the intention and like the openness to what comes up and the um, just, yeah, the openness mainly and the intention. I think that's most important to me, but I would love to talk about both these things, the idea of ritual and ceremony and the idea that the tarot can really be like an everyday thing that you can definitely approach with unbrushed hair and with uncertainty about what it actually is that you're asking. Yes. <laughs> Can you speak about that a little bit? Well, the divine is in the brush, unbrushed hair and yes. um, the divine never leaves. Um, 
really the rituals and ceremonies and the, the creating of spaces for us. The divine is always with us. The divine loves us um, when we're crying and needing to pull out the deck because, you know, we're heartbroken or, um, you know, really tired and just need some comfort. You know, the deck is always there for you and so is the divine. Um, but yeah, in terms of making it, making it something special for yourself, um, you know, I have, I have, a, I have one rule. <laughs> I have in front of my work, so I, I, have, a, I have my desk and um, I pull cards most mornings. Um, and I have a little altar cloth on, so this is just really simple. I have a little altar cloth on part of the desk. Nothing goes on that cloth except sacred items. So, you know, I'll have candles or crystals or tarot cards, feathers, things like that on it. Mm -hmm. But um, I really try hard to keep my pencil off of it. Yeah. It's, just, it's just that little simple tiny thing so that when I'm and it's right right in front of me it's it's so I have my computer in front of me and that in front of me so I'm kind of mixing the mundane and the sacred here just by by having this main tarot altar actually be on my desk where I work because I want to see it all day mm -hmm. um and some days I'll cleanse myself and I'll say a prayer and I'll um light candles and I'll and I'll do I'll, you know, I'll make it really sweet and beautiful. And other days, I'm looking at the cards yesterday. I had a really, really busy day yesterday. Um, and I have two cards in front of me, and that's it. That's all I did. <laughs> I didn't write about them. Um, I, I have the student of water from the Mesquite Tarot and the two of wands. And my daily cards, um, if I have a two-card spread, it's inner and outer. Um, so what do I need to know for my inner world? And that, what do I need to know in how I approach the outer world? And then if I add a third, it will be, uh, what do I need to know from the divine? Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes I draw them and I'm like, oh yeah, that makes complete sense. And then by the end of the day, sometimes I'm like, oh, right. Okay. <laughs> Now I understand why I drew death today. <laughs> How about you? What do you do? I usually draw a card for the day and I then also keep it at my desk, which I'm looking at right now. So my desk is a small wooden table with a white cloth on it and it overlooks the garden. There's a lot of natural light and then it has a windowsill and on the windowsill is a pine cone from my land in Portugal. Um, there's a rosemary plant, and then there's a small basket with a couple of things, and then some stones and my desk. And then I lean the card for the day against the pine cone, and I reflect on it during the day. And so I sometimes, um, well, most days I try to write about the card or just kind of use that as a starting point for the morning pages, which I love. So mm. I read the book, um, The Artist Way, and really, really enjoy the practice of doing morning pages, though I don't always, always do it. But I think that the tarot has really helped me so much kind of make a start with the blank page. So it's been yes. an really important creative tool in that sense. And um, otherwise, when I read for myself, I also do really small two or three cards 
spreads usually it's very rare that I do like a five or more card reading for myself because I really like to break it down and and I would prefer to read more often um in smaller ways looking at specific things than doing these really huge spreads because they kind of sometimes feel like a lot of pressure as well yes. I felt coming yeah. up a lot when I was thinking about yeah had readings that I was offering this year so I offered seven card spreads and that felt like very rich for me already I didn't want to add any more cards to that um but that's a personal preference and um and I sometimes read in really messy ways as well I also have a tarot app and sometimes when I'm on a train I just uh, pull a card that way or sometimes when I'm meeting a friend and we're just about to say goodbye I'm like hey do you want to draw a card for the day really quickly and then we do that together and that feels really nice um but when I read for clients it's more of a ceremony so I really clear the space and make sure that I am I am clean including my head and my hair (laughs) (laughs) and then I I light a candle and like ground myself and and do some breath work or a little meditation and usually have a nice scan scent in the air and then I read for clients um and I really love both. And I like totally agree that the sacred is in both and both are really beautiful and important. Yeah. Yeah. When I read for clients, I, I dress up, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, for the occasion. I make sure that, that, yeah, I'm, I'm clear. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one thing I won't read. I won't read for clients on a day when, when I'm really tired or really emotionally tired or anything like that, like I really want to be a really good vessel. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I just, I, I really want to encourage people that, you know, you're reading for yourself mm-hmm. um, to just come to the cards as you are, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And I think that um, another advice, I don't know where I heard this for the first time, but I th- you probably have said this as well, and I think that's so great, is this idea that we shouldn't just come the car- to the cards when we're in despair. I think that's very tempting in the beginning to kind of only come with the really difficult, heavy questions. And I think um, sometimes it's really nice to be like, hey, I'm having a moment of such joy and celebration. I'm just going to see what card comes up for that. And it kind of deepens the relationship that we have for our decks because we make these yeah we really have the full range of emotions reflected in the in the cards which is really great yeah yeah <laughs> it's uh, nice that you mentioned that we're both reading in very different ways and I would love to talk about that a little bit more because um when you and I met I wasn't a tarot reader yet well, I was reading for myself and actually before committing to studying with you I, I did a spread and I shared that with you on Instagram and it was amazing it was so on point I should really revisit that spread. Yeah. Yeah. I really love recreating spreads that I've done a while ago and to see you know what other layers of meaning I see now but anyway so I would say that you've really been someone who's been incredibly instrumental in helping me find the confidence to be a tarot reader and I, I love this work with all my heart now and it's interesting that you and I work in really different ways so maybe can you tell us a little bit more about like what kind of readings you enjoy doing and what is your approach like how are you what is your jam <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so I started by I started by reading for friends on in my like living room and bedroom and stuff. And we would, we would just pick cards. Um, there was a, there's a, a spread I love that you actually pick the cards face up and the, 
the cards were really just a way for us to kind of talk, you know, about deeper things. Um, and then when I decided to start reading uh, professionally, it was one of those things that um, I had always wanted to do, but um, I don't know what had, I don't really know what had stopped me. Uh, and it got to the point where I couldn't not do it. Does that make sense? <laughs> um, and I started, um, I started by doing written readings. So, you know, I'm a writer, so it seemed to make sense to do um, the written readings. Uh, and I, and I would do things like I would uh, journey before doing the reading. So I would pull the cards, I would journey, and then I would do the reading uh, and write what I, I saw and experienced. Um, and then I made a decision this last year that I was only going to do video readings. Um, and part of it was, was to form a deeper connection with people so that I'm, I'm talking, you know, I'm, we're, even though we're not in the same room, because I'm doing online readings, there, there's, a, I, I find that I really wanted to bring that deeper connection in with people. Um, and I, and I, you know, I pull cards and I, and I talk about what message I'm receiving. And um, it really helped me grow as a reader and grow as an intuitive reader to start doing that because there's no stopping and pausing. There's no looking anything up. It's literally just grounding, being present, pulling the cards and, um, and allowing any fumbles to be okay. And, <laughs> you know, um, and it's been the, the response that I've received from the readings has have been really, really positive. Um, which has been very encouraging that this this was a good a good choice to mm -hmm. move from written to video. But that was just my my choice. I've received written written like as you know I've received written readings. I've received video readings. I've received um, you know you did a really beautiful New Year reading for me. Uh, your, you know you do audio readings it's so perfect for you it's just um i can't even imagine any more perfect right um and so so, so it's i think as a reader it's important to get readings too right where you can you can you can kind of get a feeling for um all the different ways that you can use the cards to connect with people yeah yeah totally i um I received a, a written reading, uh, sorry, a written re reading from you as well. And I really loved that it, it was so well made and like, the, you know, the PDF was so beautiful in itself. And I, I mean, I've said this to you many times, but I really want everyone to hear it. Your graphics are just so incredible. <laughs> as a side note, you just have such a beautiful eye for graphics and colors. And so I really loved the written um, reading a lot, but I hear what you're saying. And I think there's a really... A deep connection that can come through videos as well and for some people it's really nice to see our face expression and you know see the process of like drawing the cards and the shuffling and and all of that can be really cool as well so yeah I love that mm, yeah I've done written uh, readings very briefly at the beginning of last year and very quickly hated it like 
I really had like this knot in my tummy when I like I got an, I received an email with the request for a written reading. I was like, oh no. And it's so weird because I am very much a writer and I just, that wasn't really flowing for me. And now I'm mainly offering audio recorded readings, which I really enjoy because it means that for me, at least I'm kind of, when I'm just using my voice, I'm kind of in a different space. And I also really love receiving audio readings or sometimes I will receive a video one and not actually look at the screen and just listen because I feel like it's less sensory input and I like that. And the other thing is I feel is important to me at the moment is to um, offer journaling prompts for each of the cards as well. So these are just invitation and not, not everyone does them, but I feel that brings a sense of really co-creating the reading with the person to me, which I enjoy. And then I like to bring in some plant magic. So usually I will recommend a plant to work with or even make like a little ritual suggestion that I like. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I'm working with Rose. Yes, that's great. Oh, that's beautiful. Yes, I mean, it was, it's so funny because it was something that I had intended on. And then when you did the reading for me, it was like roses. Yes. <laughs> That's beautiful. So I would love, I think that you have such a great way to teach the tarot as well. And one thing that we talk about a lot is this idea that you really don't have to know all the cards by heart um, to create a great reading. And, and I want to admit before, <laughs> you know, just so that no one feels shamed in that approach, I felt the same. I thought that, you know, I was kind of dabbling with the cards and like making my own spreads. But in the beginning, in my imagination, I really thought that the magic would only really come once I know all the meanings. And I still, with every new deck that comes into my life or with every time I really open my mind to reading, see new things all the time or like even radically different things. I can't remember one thing. Oh yeah, the two of ones came up for me today. And the interpretation uh, in the book for the next word tarot was so wildly different than anything that I had ever read or saw myself. And I was like, blown away, <laughs> blown away. And it just kind of really brought it home to me that there would have been no point necessarily for me to um, really kind of get the keywords down or anything like that at the beginning. However, if that's someone's style of learning I wouldn't say that that's wrong either I'm just saying there's so much beauty in the intuitive reading I said mate way more than I wanted to say I actually wanted to give it over to you sorry I have such a funny way of asking questions in a really long-winded way sometimes anyway, <laughs> so handing it over to you like what is your approach um in terms of learning meanings versus using your intuition so I'm an academic, right? Mm -hmm. So in a, in, a, in a lot of ways, um, I've had to unlearn stuff in order to read intuitively. Um, so I kind of, I really, I see value in both. And one of the things um, that like, I think we're all different, right? And so I totally celebrate any, any way into the tarot, like, you know, for me, I actually did come into the tarot kind of with a bit of both, um, but, you know, definitely interested in the meanings. Um, and then, yeah, it was a matter of unlearning. And I think, you know, in a way, not knowing 
is so amazing mm -hmm. because like you can just really see what you see mm -hmm. and not have anything get in the way and um there's a there's a kind of empowerment in that as well in saying you know what i don't need to know the i don't need to know the meanings in order to read so like in my school i've the first year i've set it up so that we don't actually even look at the meanings until like the fifth month mm -hmm. here so it's there because i think it also adds a layer and uh, it adds layers right so when you get interested in tarot it's i think pretty natural to want to know yeah so what's going on with the magician why are those um why are the different symbols there and like what do the colors mean and um, I'm also a bit of a, a history, cultural meaning history geek, where I'm like, I'm really interested in how the meanings have shifted and changed, right? Mm -hmm. So when you're talking about the next world tarot, um, that from, I don't have the deck yet, but I've, you know, been, I have been waiting for that deck for two years, I think. The soft spot is <laughs> so the kind of cultural history person in me is like, this is amazing. This is so absolutely fascinating that we had this high priestess card in um, the Renaissance time, in Renaissance period, when female leadership was not a thing at all. That's revolutionary, really. How interesting is that? Um, and then we're now we're going into into now and to, and, and to seeing all the different ways that people are reimagining the decks. So that's where I get really interested in the meanings. Is so okay? So what does the two of wands mean to you? How can that be reimagined? So it's exciting to know the meanings. I think because it adds, it just adds layers. But in terms of reading. No, don't, you know, you don't need to know them at all. Like, just start. Um, but yeah, it's definitely been a period of unlearning. And I'm, I'm really good friends with uh, Monica Garcia. And we've done a couple of uh, tea and tarot episodes on YouTube. And both of us, she's also, um, I don't know if she finds herself as a recovering academic or not, but... Um, <laughs> We both have um, PhDs, and so I think we kind of were both looking at the books, and um, and around the same time, we were both kind of realizing, like, we need to put the book away. And a big part of that was The Wild Unknown, actually, because The Wild Unknown, when I first got it, I'm like, what? How am I supposed to read this? I don't know. <laughs> um, but it was actually um, a, such a gift, because it forced me into intuitive reading yeah. and I'm really 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 grateful for it so much more can happen yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. does that make sense <laughs> yeah, that absolutely, yeah totally it does um what would you advise to someone so say someone is like okay I can be really open and I'm doing it want to trust my intuition I don't know all the meanings yet I have a sense a little bit of symbols and stuff and they turn the cards and they just feel overwhelmed like where would you say people can make a start with their interpretations so one thing to do is to just describe the card mm -hmm. so um you know i'm looking at the student of water right now and i'm seeing a figure mm -hmm. uh, standing in a pool of like waves 
looks like either a big lake or an ocean with a cup outstretched. And um, so one, so that's the beginning to just start, start writing or start talking like what is what do you see um it feels you know how do you feel it kind of feels calm but then there's also some waves coming in almost like an offering that she's holding this cup out um and one thing that i i find really helpful if there is a, a figure in the deck is to take the posture of the figure so what does it feel like to you to hold your arms out Mm. And then, and then you can actually like, there, there's something about kind of embodying the card that mm -hmm. can really help you understand what's what's happening, and and really to just what comes up for you, you know, mm -hmm. um, you know, especially when you're reading for yourself, what comes up for you? Uh, do you feel calmed by this water or uh, or kind of overwhelmed by it? Like, oh, these waves are coming. Uh, and then just go from there. Um, but really just start with, start with what you see and then how you feel. Include your whole body in that. Um, and, and normally when people are given permission to just say, Oh, you mean I don't need to look at the book and I don't need to know what this means? Um, then it means exactly what it's meant to mean in that moment. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, I I needed to hear that again. I think. <laughs> yeah. Something I also love to do. Sometimes my brain wants some structure, and so. I, yeah, I've had evenings where I didn't want to do a reading for myself, but I wanted to touch my cards and learn and like look at them and go deeper. And so I would sometimes spread the whole deck out and organize it just really by elements and numbers. And then I would see how the different elements have their own journeys from one to 10 and then through the family. I would look at the fool and the archetypes and really kind of imagine myself being the fool, meeting all these different characters and archetypes, and that felt really helpful as well. And now that I have a few more decks, sometimes when I'm struggling with a specific card, I pull it out of the different decks. Um, so say four yeah. one, and then I take it out of different decks, and I really look at it from different angles and see the artistic interpretations and look for similarities and differences, and that can be really illuminating as well, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was just I, before we started recording I was just talking about how I was looking at all the lovers cards and mm. all the different ways um, mm. the lovers card and, like, and we're talking about next world tarot that lovers card is like whoa <laughs> so she's this um she looks like me which is really exciting too right because I'm like I never see myself in decks so like I'm a larger woman and so she's She's a big woman and she's standing naked in a mirror and loving herself. And I'm just like, oh my God. Okay. Yeah. You got me. Just yeah. that word. I, I don't even care what the rest of the deck looks like. I think that's just. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to get a print of that card in particular. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Vanessa, I don't want to um, keep you captured too long, if that's an expression. <laughs> but I would love, I'm so, I mean, okay. 
I know I know it's always hard to share about our own work, so I will do a little bit of that. But I would just say that I'm so excited for the things that you have coming up this year. I've been in your priestess training for the second year now, and I really love it so much. It's an incredible community, and I love... I can't wait to see who else is going to join us this year. Um, but also, you're running a tarot month um, in February, and so people can join that. That's going to be free. And then you are starting... I'm like, ooh, <laughs> drum roll! You are starting a three-year tarot school, and I've been a little bit involved in kind of the behind-the-scenes of that coming together, and I'm just so incredibly excited about it. I will um, take it myself, and... I, I'm just, yeah, I'm so excited. So can you tell us a little bit more about that and where can people find out more and what is kind of the first step to get involved? Uh, yeah, thank you. Um, so you can find me at vanessasage.com. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of where everything is. So you just look up tarot and there it's there. It's, it's there. Um, and so, yeah, right now in like beginning of March is uh, tarot school starting. So uh, the first level first year is tarot intuitive. Mm -hmm. um, and then we, we, you know, we really just work on um, in, uh, really trusting ourselves, working on intuition, uh, notebooks for the first five months. Um, <laughs> You know, um, really kind of bringing in that ritual and ceremony uh, into the cards, into your life, um, using the cards as a tool to connect with your soul. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, towards the end, we're also I'm really excited about we're going to be looking at stones and plants and um, the fae and the elements and seasons um, and and working with divination in in, in those realms mm -hmm. as well. So I'm really excited about that. And then the future years are um, tarot soul guide and tarot healer. And so that's really just going deeper and using the tarot for um, any soul work that you're doing for yourself or for others. Um, and then really using it as a tool, as a healer and looking at some of the kind of particular um, things that come up when you are a healer. Uh, so yeah, it, it wanted to be three years that I, <laughs> I drew some cards. It asked to be three years um, and uh, it kind of blew me away that this is what, what needed to happen, but I'm really, really excited about it. Um, and then I'm also, yeah, in February, it's Tarot, tarot Love Month. Uh, we'll be doing prompts, and there's also the, the week of Valentine's. We're going to also, um, th there's going to be a whole Tarot Love Week, um, meditations and journeys and visualizations and um, a live call and everything like that, and that's all totally free. Mm -hmm for people who just want to kind of dip their toes in and uh, love on the tarot for for a while yes and so people can sign up uh for that on ssh.com as well is that right yeah yes yeah. and then they should follow you on instagram as well i highly recommend that it's vanessa sage right it's vanessa sage life right oh, now yeah sometimes yeah. i think about just changing it to vanessa sage but but yeah. it's Vanessa Sage Life. <laughs> okay, good. That's great. <laughs> but if you're listening to this in a year, then it might be. 
<laughs> you never know. It's the magic of podcasting, isn't it? Uh, one thing I wanted to add to the Tower School, because that's something that was really important to me um, when I joined, is that the different levels really feel very self-contained. So I think I... I was, when you first mentioned to me that it's going to be three years, I was like, whoa, <laughs> that's such a big commitment. And I felt fascinated and scared at the same time. <laughs> and mainly my absolute feeling is that, yes, like committing to something for three years is so, so beautiful. And I love this slow and steady pace that you're creating and this big container that you're creating for the people taking the program because... I love short courses. Sometimes we need like a burst of inspiration and we just uh, dedicate a season to something. Um, but I feel really ready at the moment to commit to things for a longer period of time. And I, I have known you for some years now and I know how you work and teach. And so I'm really excited to just make this long term commitment to my own practice uh, right now. And, and I also at the same time feel that just taking one year is totally fine and um, we can see how it goes after that and that is really beautiful as well so yeah absolutely um, when you <laughs> there's no sense that you need to do all three years yeah. just to be transparent that's what's happening like that's what the school <laughs> is yes. um, and um, and yeah I think I think it really is about having a deepening your relationship with with the cards and mm -hmm. Uh, in my experience, that's been a lifelong passion. I don't see it going anywhere anytime soon. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, to have that container and to have a community of people who also have that um, passion and, um, and, you know, just a really soft, gentle space. You know, pacing is really, really gentle. Um, so it's not about overwhelming or anything like that. And um, there'll also be live community gatherings as well so that, you know, you can see each other and be, yes. yeah. I can't wait. Yay. <laughs> Thank you so much, Vanessa. Thank you so much for making time to speak to us and to share so much about your practice and your inspiration and your experience, which you have so much of. I am really excited for the school to start and I'm really excited to share this episode on such a special day for the blue moon. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thank it's you. It's always a pleasure. <laughs>